what is what are some things that are needed in that in a person's life for them in order for them to be a founder slash father originator? What what would you have in that? Can you give somebody else a chance, please? Optimism. Optimism. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got to have a positive approach to what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day, right? Okay. Commitment. John? Vision, leadership, experience. Vision and leadership and experience. That's three words and not one. Okay? Okay? So, anyone else? Okay? So, um, can we find those things in God? Yes or no? Okay. Um, one of the basic things that I thought about in reference to this particular one that from the biological father's sense, the father has to have life in order to give life. And of course, from a biblical standpoint, looking at God the Father, we know that um, Jesus Christ is associated with the Father has given him that ability to share life, given life to him and ability to share life with that. Um, I was also thinking about the um, reference in John chapter 1. We uh, memorized it uh, recently, but, you know, he came unto his own. His own received him not, but to, them, to as many as received him, to them gave he the authority or the power to become the sons of God, uh, to them that were born not of the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. And so in or- God is able to be the originator, the founder, because he is the giver of life, including our spiritual life. And the very next one is the fact that a father is the head of the household slash family. Um, characteristics, what has to be... No, let me back up. What does that describe to you? What thoughts come to your mind when you think about a father being the head of the family? Leader. Self-sacrificing. Provider. Going to get some of all these other words mixed back in here, but okay. Responsibility. Okay. Responsibility. Um, they, when I was in the military, they used to have an expression about that rank had its privileges. And but uh, I always could get, I could get past that because I always thought about, yeah, but look how many responsibilities they have uh, before they ever exercise any, any privileges. Now, some of them forgot the responsibility side and only exercised the privilege side as far as officers were concerned. But um, for the most part, there was a very good balance, very good blend. Uh, anybody that's in a leadership position always has to be careful of that to keep those two things in balance and perspective and not get too focused on how important they are when their role is to be serving. But, yeah. Okay, head of the household. I don't know, I, sorry, that was a free sermon you got. I didn't mean that when it came out. So, anything else? I, I wrote down um, a decision maker, but not independent. A decision maker, but not independent. Um, if you notice, notice on your sheet what, what else I wrote underneath the head of the household, the head is very important but so is the rest of the body, okay? 
The head is very important, and so is the rest of the body. Uh, my body won't function without my head, but my head won't function without my body. So it needs both to work together. So when someone is the uh, head of the uh, household of the family, that is uh, what is true of them as a, uh, in a human vantage point. Obviously, um, can't take that analogy too far and take it to God because God is different in, that, in the role of his majesty and magnificence. But, so, so the uh, head of the household is a, a decision maker, a decision maker. Uh, who, is given, who is given the title of head of the church? Christ. And so when we think about the concept of father, we can fairly quickly identify that with God again in the role of being the head of of that, the decision maker. And again, my purpose in, I'm trying to get us just to be thinking, have things in common ground, especially when we get to the point of then we're going to be talking about who God is in relationship to ourselves, God the Father, who is he? relationship to us. I want us to have this is, the, this is where this is supposed to help us go. And so if I'm not going to get there, at least you can know my intent, what I'm trying to do. So God, we know that a father from our discussion was provided a provider, a provider. Um, I've given you some ideas here, but again, what more, more discussion, more thoughts behind someone that, that is a provider. Amos? I think you also have to have patience and forgiveness. Okay. Patience and forgiveness. Okay. Provider. Sounds basic. But what did you have to do all those years to provide? Work hmm? ethic. Work ethic. Okay. Um, that shouldn't get too far away. I think somebody has preached on that recently. Right? Okay. Have, that ought to, you know, you don't even have to dig too far back in the, in the memory bank to get that one come, to come out on top. Anyone else? What, what's, what's involved in being a provider? You can read to me what I have on the paper if you need to do that, but, you know. So, sorry, Pauline, go ahead. Understanding the needs of what you Okay, understanding the needs of what you have to provide. Okay. John? Having the supply and being able to meet those supply need requirements. Okay. Okay. So you have to plan for the plan for the needs and prepare to provide and work to provide, right? So provider is a very active role, a very active person or position. Uh, one of the reasons I read the Lord's Prayer was because we ask God to provide us with our daily bread. Uh, Christ felt that was important enough to include in this model prayer to show the disciples that it was okay to ask and okay to expect the Father to provide and to be there as, as the supplier of our, of our needs. And then the protector um, any illustrations of maybe maybe we could sort of switch it up a little bit? Maybe any illustrations from 
your life either as a father or from your role as a child in relationship to your father? Any examples of you, either you having to protect somebody or someone protecting you? Never been protected in all your life. Never been rescued. Never rescued anybody else or provided for anybody else. Protected anybody else. Okay? So, I'm really going to tell you a story that I basically have related to me. I, one time, I thought maybe I had memories of it, but I don't know now whether they were my memories or somebody's suggested memories. But when I was kindergarten age, we lived in Akron, Ohio for a while. My dad had a job out there as a car mechanic, and we lived in the upstairs of a, of a family's house. And the house was on a, I guess, I guess a steep hill, from what I can remember. And I was back there later in my life. So, but the driveway was cut in to the side of the hill, like so. The driveway was level, house was beside it, and the garage was at the end of the driveway. And I was allowed to ride this tricycle. It was one of the, a bigger, one of those bigger tricycles. I was allowed to ride that tricycle on the driveway. And one day I either decided to disobey or just forgot. And anyway, when I got out to the driveway, I turned, and when I turned, I was actually on the sidewalk, and the sidewalk went down this direction, down the hill. And my father was sitting on the front porch with the um, person I call Grandpa Lowe, the the landlord of the house, talking to, to, to Mr. Lowe, and they saw me go, past the end of the sidewalk, personal sidewalk, down the street sidewalk, the city sidewalk. And my dad, evidently, one way or the other, you know, there are not too many brakes on tricycles. And once you get your feet off the pedals, all the pedals do is go faster and faster. But somehow he managed to catch up with me before we got to a very busy intersection and stop me from going out into the road on my tricycle. Um, another time, this I do remember quite well, for whatever, there was a, in our house that I lived, there was a, a, an add-on room, and there was a, set, a stairway going down to the basement, and I was playing with my cousin, and I thought I had turned a corner to go out into the other room, but instead I turned a corner to go, and started down the steps, so there was no level floor there after the first step. And my dad happened to be sitting on the top of the steps for whatever reason, probably why I got confused about where I was running to. So I'm teasing, trying to make you smile, do something to you this morning. And so he managed to snatch me just as I was going by him in the midair. And my dad and I rode together on his back down the steps to the bottom. So a couple neat examples for me of my dad providing physical protection for me keeping me from being uh, pretty seriously injured uh, numerous times. Have you ever wondered, from God's vantage point, have you ever stopped to think about sometimes when you might be delayed, uh, traffic in front of you is going slower than you want it to be, you didn't do something else? Have you ever just stopped to ask yourself, is, is God keeping me safe from something when this is happening, instead of getting frustrated and angry over it? and not getting there as fast as you want to get there, that maybe really God is keeping you from being 
being injured or being, being spared in a special way. So, so, God, so we need to be protectors as fathers. We needed protecting as children. And our Heavenly Father obviously protects us in ways that we have no, no concept of, no idea. I think there's many, many, many times that he probably keeps us from injury or harm and we have no idea. We probably just mark it down as some kind of unfortunate circumstances. Uh, and God actually cared for us in, in the process. And of course, with the word protector, I wrote at the, again on your sheet the word shepherd. Because the word shepherd does capture both the concept of the provider and the protector. And uh, so that is, who, that is who God is to us, is a protector and a provider. At the top of your next sheet, I'm just going to tell you, I had this brilliant idea when I was writing my notes down, when I wrote these two things down, and the brilliant idea went away. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, well, and the, and the rest of them, I, I don't wish it on anybody. <laughs> I don't wish it on anybody. Um, so... God should have given us a, a, one of our fingers as a pen and the other, other hand as a, a, a scratch pad so we write down those ideas as soon as we have them and so we don't have to go look, even go look for a piece of paper to write them down. But it, and what I, was, I, I know I was thinking about how the God cares for us as individuals and meets our needs as individuals in a very, very personal way. But also collectively, he cared for Israel as a nation you know, he delivered them from Egyptian bondage. He took them through the Red Sea and through the wilderness and across the Jordan River, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he is doing the same thing for the church uh, in promising us that nothing is going to destroy the church or ever overcome the church in any, any sense that the church is always going to be, in an overall sense, victorious because God is involved in it, and God has planned it and, and providing for it. But So that was sort of what, along the way, but it was. It, I just had this brilliant thought, and I wrote down individual and family, and by the time I got the notes back, I couldn't really remember exactly what that great idea was any longer. So, Again, these are words that you shared. Uh, he is, and I think I just combined two words here, because to me I wasn't, I thought maybe they went together, but maybe they didn't in your mind. But that he, the father is a leader, a guide. Again, head of household, originator. I, I know there's always overlap here or back and forth. But you shared the words, okay? So I didn't want to, I tried not to ignore any of your um, contributions either. Um, so maybe, I don't know. Is there, is there a distinction in your mind when you say that God is the a leader or a guide over maybe over the fact that he's the head of the home? Is there some distinction in your mind for those words Why you, those words came up? Beverly. Oh, okay. Okay, so the leader is the planner and the 
Guide is the goer, okay? Okay? Um, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, come on, Steve. I've been waiting for you to say something sharp, smart all day, and then you don't even... So, okay. You just bought that, by the way, if you were at the, at the auction. You know, you realize that, right? <laughs> you, just, you just waved your hand at the wrong time. So. Yeah, I think about the guide as being somebody that's going to be with you every, every step of the way. Uh, and, you know, I, I must have been on the radio the other day. I, I, uh, there's a little excerpt on the, on the, the uh, radio station uh, right before 7 o'clock in the morning. Maybe it's right after 7 o'clock in the morning. But anyway, it's called Joy Bearer. Joy Bearer. And the, the wife was talking about her husband being very adventurous, and that she goes on hikes with him, places where she wouldn't normally go, but she goes with him because they go together, and she watches very carefully where he puts each step, each foot step, and she makes sure that she puts, a, puts her foot or takes her step in that very same place because she trusts him to put his feet in safe places so he can, she can... Follow his example and follow what he's doing. And um, I thought that was really a, a really good illustration, a really good way of explaining it or describing it. And that is a guide. A guide is not going to allow you to go somewhere that you shouldn't go and going to protect you. Now, God, again, God gives us moral choice. And we make choices at times that aren't pleasing to God. And that's all within the learning process, okay? It's not something we should do deliberately, but it's when we do it, it's something that we learn from and benefit from. And so a father is a lead, leader, a guide. Um, and again, th- th- these two or three here are probably really close together, but a teacher uh, slash mentor. A teacher slash mentor. Any, any thoughts? Any ideas why I have the word progressive under them? John? Well, in the, in the basic sense, you always need somebody who's had experience to give you the basics to which you can build upon uh, whatever you're doing. Okay. Very good. That, that's just, you know, a part of life from one generation to the next generation. Okay. Somebody give us the basics. I was just, when I said this, I was just thinking about, you know, you, what you might teach your son or daughter when they get 16, you wouldn't necessarily try to teach them when they're one or two. So you have to be deliberate about what you teach, when you teach it. Um, and, and obviously, as parents, we know that oftentimes we repeat the same lesson multiple times and try to say it in multiple ways so that it will finally get, get through. And... Um, it's, it's an entirely different subject, I guess, but um, I think like spiritual maturity to me is a, is a re- relative term or a progressive term. Uh, somebody can be a relatively new Christian, and because they're really studying the Word and really fellowshipping with believers and really striving to learn, they can be really mature. But if they stayed at that stage five years later, they would no longer be mature because they hadn't continued to grow 
and change. And so the same way with, so that's the way God the Father works with us as his children. He allows us to get to a place that we can function very quickly, as, as, even as a new believer, but he expects us to continue to change and grow over time. And so what we were at one point is no longer acceptable. We need to continue to pursue and press on, pressing on toward the mark, the high calling of God. It's an active um, measure. And so God has that as part of our relationship with him. And I tried to be really creative with my next title because I, I, I really wanted to try to be, uh, not give you or any of you a reactionary word. And so I chose to describe this as a corrective instructor, okay? Um, discipline should never be punishment for itself. Uh, discipline needs to be punishment for correction, for instruction. Uh, consequences, al- behavior always ought to bring appropriate consequences with it. But we need to be also very wise about it in, in doing that. Um, any thoughts about that? Corrective instructor from father's standpoint, from branch off more quickly to God's standpoint? How many of you heard, can remember your, one of your parents telling you this is really hard on me when they disciplined you? And then found out just exactly how hard it was when it was your turn to discipline somebody else, right? So it is, it is really, really difficult. It's, it's, not, it's not simple. It's, it's, yes, sir? Okay. So, needs to start early, right? Start early. Start early. And how does the title role of the man being the husband link with the man being the father? You're not allowed to go to sleep yet. I'll make you all stand up and do jumping jacks. Anybody? Just, yeah, well, just the whole idea that, um, again, these were words that the class contributed, and uh, just the idea that if a father um, has to also be A good father also needs to be a good husband. And I'm just, so all I'm asking is, why would we 
Why would I say that, I guess? Marsha? Okay, very good. Margaret? Yeah, when a, when a husband is really meeting the needs of his wife and caring for his wife and loving her as he ought to love her, it's just a huge teaching example. He's saying so much by, by example that he'll never be able to say by words one way or the other. The words just will not be adequate without that very careful example that that man is making in relationship to his wife. And the children are only going to learn to trust him as they learn to see and observe that she's, that her, the wife, the mother is trusting him also, so very much. Just a very vicious cycle going the wrong direction. John? Well, it's the wider scope of what it means to be loving, more loving and more intimate as related to that, uh, to that topic. Okay. And, it, uh, and again, provides a greater realm of instruction for the children that come up after. Okay. Anyone else? Now... Can anybody remember a role that we talked about last week, or maybe you didn't get a chance to, to talk about last week that I didn't get on my list? We'll blame Beverly because she was writing them down. No? Okay. So the other thing was we had several, what I, what I categorized as qualities of a father that we needed to do. Um, and I guess I didn't really draw any kind of link of the, of the word husband to, to God, but, uh, you know, of, of course, Christ is uh, noted as the bride, bridegroom. Uh, Christ is father. Uh, there is a relationship between God the Father and Israel. And, again, we, the people of those corporate groups, Israel and the church, would learn about God as they watched God respond to individuals within that corporate group. So it's the same kind of a concept along the way. John? I think we forgot one role, and I don't remember it from last week, but delegate work. Okay. Because if the children, as the children of Israel are going to learn anything, there is a bit of delegation, and that may be why one reason why Moses and Aaron got the law from God at that point in the wilderness. Delegation as a part of instruction because okay. they have to do the physical things okay. on this plane. So. so, yeah, I think it's a good point, John. Father has to have expectations of his children because if we don't expect something from them, they're not going to do anything. So, um, so again, that's good. I think that's very good. I don't know exactly whether, whether it fits at a separate point, but it's a very, very good point. Okay, very quickly, uh, some things that were said. Again, maybe just give you a chance to 
respond without a lot of time uh, put onto them. But one of the words that came out up was selfless. We had that, you know, I heard that word this morning. A uh, father needs to be selfless. Brenda? Okay. Selfless. We are very self-centered, the best of us, aren't we? Um, Me or I always comes up big. And, of course, we've told all of us, but, you know, right across the hallway there is the biggest example of the opposite of that, um, selfish, and and those little toddlers that we end up with over there in the nursery. Uh, but we, but a father needs to be selfless, um, loving. What, what uh, I have, and I wrote down beside the word loving. I wrote down the word biblical. We need to make sure that we're that as fathers that we're exercising biblical love toward our toward our children, uh, because uh, sometimes, sometimes, just in our society, the, the to be loving is is. Um, misrepresented, not completely uh, developed, especially as I'm standing here before you thinking about the areas of discipline or instruction. Father may be a great provider, but he doesn't, isn't a very good instructor. He's not a very good corrective instructor uh, and so forth. So in a sense, they're not really providing. They're not providing for the long term, and they're not protecting because they're not protecting giving them protection for the long term. Um, kind. Anybody have any examples of a father being kind? I can't think of any. Yes, ma'am. I don't have a specific example of my dad being kind. It was just in the church. Okay. 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 And I wrote down on my notes after I, I wrote down uh, kind even in discipline. So I'm glad you included that in your, in your observation. So, um, yeah, I, I have no examples of my father being unkind. I guess I just, I wouldn't necessarily characterize him as being kind from, this, from that standpoint, but I have no, no thoughts of him being unkind, so I guess he was kind if he wasn't unkind, right? So um, my dad was like many of yours that are, are my generation coming out of the, both, both the Depression and World War II. I'm not sure that we ever uh, know all that the impacts that they had on their lives as a result of, of those circumstances. Uh, they probably had PTSD before PTSD ever Existed. They were just they were just normal and had to live that way. They didn't have any other uh, choice. They had to step up and and make it work. So, uh, and I'm not and I'm not putting down the issue of PTSD. PTSD. I believe in it, but I'm just saying that we have a, had a whole generation 
some of our parents was a whole generation of different people, different times, different circumstances. So fathers need to be compassionate. Uh, I wrote down attempting at least to understand. Um, comforting. Um, I guess I'd have to admit my mother was probably the comforter in my family. Uh, but that's what moms are supposed to be for, right? They're supposed to be soft and warm and cuddly and, and whatever. Um, not, not ever in a contradictory way to my dad, but just she's the one I remember being comforting along the way. Um, what kind of words would you put down by the word strong? What kind of words would you put down by the word strong? Just strong. What does strong, what is a father being strong mean to you? That's what I'm trying to ask you. What does a father being, being strong mean to you? John? John? Okay, being steadfast. Okay, yes, yes sir. Excuse me. Helpful. Who had Beverly, Marsha, Beverly? Sure and confident. Okay. Drenee? Not being afraid of what? Drenee, can you finish? Okay, to confront a situation. Okay. And I wrote down decisive, just wrote down decisive. Um, intelligent slash wise. Okay. Aware of life. Uh, starts obviously with the fear of the Lord from Proverbs. Um, you know, they may not have, um, like my, my dad did graduate from high school, but obviously many of his generation did not graduate from high school. Uh, so they wouldn't have had the level of education that maybe some of the rest of, of us have, have had, but there was no question about intelligence, no question about wisdom, no question about being aware of what life was, um, just didn't have the formal education that other people have had the privilege of having. Um, and two of the words which I think are most important to when in parenting are being Fair slash balanced in our approach to parents, parenting and consistent. And though we as parents fail, I as a parent failed, God never fails. God never fails in being fair or balanced. He knows exactly what to expect from each one of us. He knows what we can do and should do, and that's what he expects of us. He doesn't expect any of us to be someone else. He only expects us to be who he has formed us to be. And he is perfectly consistent in that. He never, ever wavers in that expectation or that awareness of whatever there is there. Thank you for helping and contributing and being part of the class. Even if you didn't say anything, thank you. Um, and my last, if you have my notes, the last thing I have there is that, uh, and we're not going to talk, talk about it, but what don't you want a father to be, okay? What, what should fathers avoid being? Uh, God doesn't have to worry about that. You know, I, I thought about something this morning. I was thinking about some of this all running through my brain, um, and I was 
for whatever reason, I came back to the, to the word immutable. God is immutable. We talked about it when we were talking about the attributes of God. And God cannot change, and God will not change. But something I was thinking about this morning, God has no need to change. God doesn't need to change. We need to change, okay? Um, one of our goals every time we encounter the Word of God ought to be that we change. It may be the smallest little bit, but the Word of God ought to change us, ought to change us, ought to keep us where we need to be. And um, so God doesn't need to change, and, that, and He can't change, and He won't change, but He doesn't need to change. But, and I know that I got a few blank looks when I said this before to you, but as a pastor, I have had several occasions where I've had conversations with people that have said to me, I really have a hard time relating to God the Father. I can relate to Jesus. He's my Savior. I can relate to the Holy Spirit. He provides for me. He does all these things for me, but but I didn't have a very good father image. I didn't grow up with a very good father image. And I struggle with God the Father. And I know that I felt like somebody looked at me like, oh, what are you talking about? Well, I'm trying to say more specifically what I'm talking about. Try to separate, and I know it's not easy, but try to separate whatever impressions you have from your earthly father from what you think about your heavenly father because there is not a linkage when it comes to negative, negative thoughts. Some of us may not have had a positive relationship with our Father on earth, but we can have a very positive relationship with our Heavenly Father. And just encourage you to try to separate those two realities in your own life. And if you need to talk to somebody about it, you ought to do that too. Okay? Father, thank you for your word. We haven't read in it directly this morning except for the brief passage. We haven't said a lot of verses, but hopefully we've talked about you as well as talking about just who the Father is. And I pray that as we move into the next weeks that we will be able to appreciate even more who you are. As the first person of the Godhead, that you are our Heavenly Father. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Lord bless you.